Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers are back on the floor for training camp and Darvin Ham says everything looks great. Next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Lockdown Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. It's always free. It's never behind a paywall. And Lockdown Lakers on YouTube. It's where you can go hang out with uh, upwards of 21,000 subscribers, all of whom, and that number is going to rise fast as we get into the season, Andy, uh, as everyone is excited about what the Lakers are about to embark on, uh, including Darvin Ham, who was... Uh, effusive Andy in his praise of the team and the energy and the spirit in the building following day one of practice and that is sort of just reflective I think Darwin's reaction to the first day the players reaction to the first days is really reflective of the excitement and the optimism that these guys have um, and you know it came through on Monday everyone kind of understanding what the mission is here and the opportunity that's in front of them and really excited to get going on it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's an optimism about this team, and they should be optimistic. They they rightly believe that they are one of the best rosters in the NBA. You know, Austin Reeves recently talked about on one of the podcasts that he was on that he thought the Lakers was, you know, that the Lakers were the most talented roster in the NBA. They're coming off Western Conference Finals appearance. So there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. They also have a lot of reasons to get out there and play, you know, to win a championship. And also, as we've learned from uh, training camp opening up, to maybe get the Nuggets to shut the F up. Um, it's, pretty, it's pretty clear they heard a lot. And, and really, to be fair, it's not so much the Nuggets as it was Mike Malone. Like, I, I'm sure there was more than anybody, Mike oh, Malone. Yeah. I mean, it, it was largely Mike Malone, but these guys heard it. And, you know, we've talked about this many times. It doesn't take much to get athletes, uh, their dander up, their, you know, rabbit ears going. And in this particular case, it's a good thing because you always want to keep a team in this position that's seems like they're pretty damn close. Uh motivated for all the reasons possible so it's a good thing yeah I love and it's I mean, fun it makes it spicy we, we you know whether it's you know stuff like this whether it's uh you know high, uh, pre and halftime and post-game speeches in college football related you know to any game Deion sanders is involved in or whatever it is like we we have reached this sort of odd scrutiny of of motivational talks as to whether or not they're actually tethered in reality as if like you say andy any of this matters like Athletes are famous um, for constructing the motivation that they need. And I don't look, the Lakers absolutely want to win a title, all this other kind of stuff. But if you gain an extra 2% by deciding that the Denver Nuggets writ large have disrespected you, fine. It doesn't matter if they really have or haven't, if Malone was out of line. It doesn't matter. It's better for all of us because Lakers Nuggets as a real rivalry is cool. 
Yeah, and, and these are two really good, entertaining, well-constructed teams, and I don't want them to play nice with each other. I want them to dislike each other and go at each other really hard. Yeah, and look, to be fair to Malone in terms of the season-long motivation that he clearly kept going for Denver, like if you look back at the predictions and the panels of experts you know, across different networks, betting lines, the Nuggets were certainly getting decent odds to win a championship, but they were not getting front-runner odds by any stretch of the imagination. Caesars had them, if you count, they, they had nine teams ahead of them to win the championship in terms of odds, basketball reference, however they calculate their betting odds, or I guess maybe it's a consensus of odds. They were ninth. You know, they were seventh among ESPN rankings, SB Nation. Nobody had Denver in the finals. USA Today, nobody had Denver in the finals. So for a while, this was actually a real thing. By the time the Nuggets and Lakers played in the Western Conference finals, Denver was favored. But you know what? Details don't matter in this sort of thing. And again, the idea that really it's not the Nuggets talking bleep. It's one coach and who gives a crap about the coach from the Lakers perspective. Who cares? Doesn't matter either. Right. The Lakers Whatever. are going to use the Lakers are going to turn around and use this in ways that are detached from reality yeah. as well as the season goes along. LeBron um, and, and Mike the Lakers, Warner. the Lakers are going to say, you know, people thought we were too old and people didn't think we'd stay healthy and all these other things. They're going to and ignoring the fact that okay, maybe people are, you know, I think they have like the fifth best odds on on um you know, in terms of, of winning a title with our, our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook, like they're hardly being disrespected, but that's fine. Doesn't matter. Um, it was interesting, you know, Darvin talking about, you know, the activity and the enthusiasm, um, you know, looked at LeBron, looked at AD, said, Bron's still sharp as ever. AD's moving well, covered ground, being a stalwart on defense. Um, you know, a tenacious spirit at scrimmage and all that kind of stuff. Um, one of the guys, it's funny, like LeBron and AD were on the floor as full participants in, in practice and, and in, uh, in scrimmages, Austin Reeves, you know, the, the young, the young guy was the one that was, uh, held out of, uh, scrimmage. The Lakers are taking, <laughs> Lakers taking, uh, extra care with him, um, as training camp opens, it goes along, but he was because of all the activity he had with team USA this summer, um, smart from the Lakers to make sure that they're not setting Reeves up to hit the wall, you know, too early this season. Yeah. Even though Reeves is, you know, one of the younger guys on this team, that's actually, you know, with a role that matters. We saw last year and Reeves admitted as much during the semifinals against the Warriors, he hit a bit of the wall and Mm -hmm. he eventually found that second win. And look, that last season was the most minutes Austin Reeves had ever played at the NBA level in the regular season before you even take into account right. what he was doing in the playoffs. So then you add the toll with Team USA and you know all the time spent walking on the golf course. It's a lot. It so is. So that and you we we both said, like, while we're not necessarily forecasting it, it is if you're looking for like a good little you know, long, longer shot bet on who leads the team in minutes. No, I am forecasting that it's going. Oh, to be you are. I, I thought you, I didn't think you were. Um, no, I am. It okay. will be Austin. Randy thinks Austin Reeves is actually going to lead the team in minutes. Yep. Um, I think that is a very reasonable bet. Um, and if nothing else, he's going to be, if not at the top, real close to it because the Lakers 
are, are going to lean into that. You know, we we heard on Monday Reeves talking about you know Darvin looking at you know having him more run more point and and stuff like that, which makes sense. It doesn't even mean he's you know like Russell uh, uh, Gabe Vince and those guys won't be on the floor, but you can play D'Angelo off ball very easily and let. Reeves initiate and things like that. So the level of responsibility, it's not just the number of minutes, but the 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 intensity of those minutes for Reeves is going to be pretty strong. Yeah. This is a guy who also gets routinely hit in the face four or five times a game. Yeah, between between the his minutes average and the total amount of minutes they'd be looking for him to play, all the different floor combinations he can work with, unless he has an injury that forces him to miss, you know, a decent chunk of the season. I am very confident Reeves is going to lead this team in minutes. It could. Um, all right, let's uh, let's turn our attention. Mention D'Angelo Russell there, Andy. You had a very interesting exchange with him on Monday uh, that is worth talking about. So we will get to that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Ibotta. It's football season. That means pizza. It means wings. It means various dips and whatever you prefer at your tailgate. Go all out and get some cash back on every purchase. With Ibotta, the weather's starting to cool down. It's time to stock up your closet with winter clothes. And Ibotta, you can get cash back on winter coats, hats, gloves, scarves, all that stuff for the whole family. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal kit or pantry items. So you can make sure you are beating inflation no matter what it is you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after your shop. Get your cash back. It's that simple. The average Ibotta user earns 100 bucks per year. That can cover that can cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. And other apps that give you these points that are a hassle to redeem, you never even quite understand what it is you're doing with them with Ibotta, you get real cash back, straight cash, homie, that you can put to your bank account, your PayPal, your gift cards, and you can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers when you start with Ibotta. Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. So download the Ibotta app now. Use the code LOCKED to get started and earn your real cash back. Just go to the App Store, the Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app, and use that code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. And again, use that code LOCKED. So we'll get to uh, Russell here in a second, um, and I, I, I want to talk a little bit about Christian Wood, who also was uh, Darwin was was talking up Wood after practice. Um, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, is worth noting uh, we mentioned that Jalen Hood Shafino, like when you start walking around and and looking at these guys and seeing them up close, I both of us were struck by how big he is. I'm like, I knew he was six five or whatever it is, but like he's big he's a big solid dude uh got rave reviews from uh d'angelo russell and from austin reeves about his performance on day one um the the path to playing time for hood shafino andy is pretty narrow uh the lakers have a lot of depth at guard but you know just as it was with max christie last year it's certainly, you know, you can envision a a scenario where for 10 or 15 games they need to give hood shafino you know, 10, 15 minutes a night. Um, and then the rest of the time he can hang out with the uh, the South Bay team. Um, fans either way, whether he plays or not, want to hear encouraging things about him, you know, in, in this preseason. Yeah, you mentioned that thickness for uh, JHS. And 
same thing could be said about Max Christie. Like mm-hmm. I know we heard all season about 15 to 20 pounds off season muscle. You know, it is, it is muscle season during the summer for every NBA team. He's in the lab, Andy. Max Christie looks legit swole. Like he clearly has put on some really uh, positive thickness. And the other thing though, that you look at with Christie and Huchifino that I find interesting and, and not likely a coincidence just in terms of thinking about the way this organization has done so well drafting either in the second round, getting guys undrafted late in the first, whatever they are both very almost unnervingly mature sounding for their age. Mm-hmm. Like both of them in, you know, we saw this last year with Christie, but you know, Hood Fino's uh, introductory press conference, this media day session, they sound way older than their age. They yeah, like, do. They're the opposite of the, you know, the three little boys in the trench coat <laughs> trying to be an adult. <laughs> but, it's, but it's, it, it, it's reflective, you know, Castleton, I think is the same way in terms of like the types of players that they're looking for. I mean, hell Reeves was, I mean, I was going to say like Reeves too, but like, they clearly value high, I think regular IQ, but certainly high basketball IQ over sort of the athlete, top end athleticism and the upside. Like, I think they are willing to trade a little bit more of that. It's a little bit like the Rams. Like, you know, you find Cooper Cup and, you know, Puka Nakua and guys like that who, what's their blemish? Well, okay, they their 40 time was a little slow for what you would want in a receiver. But when you look at the tape, it's like they do everything on the floor, including get downfield when you need it and all that stuff. And so it's like, are we going to let that one thing maybe that they don't do? Hood Shafino, maybe it's you know shooting a little bit of agility, whatever it might be. But the rest of the tape shows a guy who's really smart, does a lot of really small things fundamentally well. And if you're going to be a good, if you're on a good team, the explosive athleticism, the ability to put up 25, all these other things are less important because the odds certainly you know, to, until maybe two, three, four, five years into their career of any of these guys, it's part of what makes the Reeves story so unusual, of any of these guys being asked to put up, you know, all-star role numbers, number one, number two, number three type, you know, numbers is really low. You need guys who can understand what you're trying to do, play a role, understand a system, fit into a defense and all that kind of stuff. So it's very obvious to me that they prioritize, they will trade IQ for top end athleticism and ceiling, you know, from that regard. And I think that is 1000% for a team like the Lakers, the right direction to go. Yeah. I think they also, too, uh, before we move on to Christian Wood, I think they value professionalism. And absolutely, absolutely. Max Christie, he is by all accounts, like you have to pull the guy out of the gym. Like he he would live there if the Lakers would, you know, put a bed in there and, and give him the keys. The guy would never leave. You know, Hood Shafino will. <laughs> if, they, if, they, if he asks for a bed, they'll probably – I bet they have one. Hood Shafino, you know, something that came up when when he was uh, interviewed after being drafted was that during high school he became a vegetarian or essential – I don't remember if it's full vegetarian or essentially plant-based, whatever. He did that as a way of trying to get his body right for a career in professional basketball. And, and whether you think – that's the optimal way for an athlete to eat and get nutrition beside the point. You know, that's for ultimately for right. the Lakers and 
Hood Shafino's trainers and whatever to decide. The idea that a 15, 16-year-old kid would make that decision that early on, I guarantee that impressed Rob Palinka and the rest of the organization when they were doing post-draft workout interviews, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's a really mature kid. Um, before we get to, to Wood, I wanted you had a, an interesting exchange with D'Angelo Russell, who I, is a guy that uh, both of us find intellectually interesting beyond his role on the floor. I know I've, I've, I've defended D'Lo throughout most of the summer uh, to, to Lakers fans who I think have – some Lakers fans, at least, who I think have devalued him and uh, um, kind of diminished his overall impact based on the Western Conference Finals. Um, but, you know, yeah, he kind of is what – really. Yeah, he kind of is what he is. Like, there, there's no question about that. Um, and to that point – um, you had a question for him that um, I think a lot of people found insightful on Monday. Yeah, during media day, I, I remembered how he, he had talked about sort of knowing who he is as a player and who he's not. And I asked D'Angelo, quote, during your exit interview, you mentioned knowing who you are as a player, but also knowing who you're not, some of the things you may never become as a player. With that in mind in the offseason, did you spend more time trying to accentuate your strengths and just being better at them? Or did you think about those areas of weakness and try to shore them up. And D'Angelo responded, quote, yeah, I mean, a lot of things I hear is defensive abilities. I'm not the fastest. I don't know how much faster I'm going to get. So accepting what I can do, that's bringing my mind to the defensive side of things. And that's being in the right place a lot of the times. That's communicating a lot of the times. Bring a different element. I'm not going to provide the fastest, the speed to the game. That's not what I do. So just finding ways that I can do what I already kind of do good and just kind of be great at it. And what I need to work on, obviously look in the mirror and know those things and just try to be in the best position to where it's not hurting the, the team or things like that. And I thought that was a really good, smart, introspective way of thinking about it from D'Lo. And, you know, the, I put this out on Twitter at Cam Brothers and, and the majority of response, first of all, just got a lot of engagement. So clearly Laker fans found it interesting. Um I saw a few people wondering if that was D'Lo kind of offering up a ready-made excuse, like using a lack of speed as an excuse for his defensive shortcomings. And I don't, I didn't get the impression at all that's what he meant. Because as he said, he has an, an accountability and a responsibility to do the best that he can. Right. That's also, it does, it's like, so it, 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 it's an excuse. It's an explanation. It's like, it still doesn't, he's acknowledging the problem. It's like, right. you know, it's, you know, you. If he I said, "I'm a better you, defender than my reputation," and no, I don't said, get where I'm, this is coming from, no. that's an issue. That's right. excuse making. Um, but let, after the break, let's. Let, I, I the I think he, the way he answered that question, though, is part of why um, I think he uh, he angers a set, subset of Lakers fans, and also why I think it's unfair. Um, so we'll do that and we'll and then we'll turn our attention to Christian Wood uh, next. I mean, I think the premise of your question is is an interesting one. I know it's something we talked about at exit interviews and we we've kind of probed a little bit with Delo before is this idea of what what do you lean into? Do you lean into what you're really good at? Um, 
and, and try to hide the things that you're not. And obviously you always want to improve and, and so on and so forth. But especially it's like Russell says, like he's 28, 29, something like that. He's not getting faster. Like you can get a, you can, you know, mess with these things at the margin, improve your footwork, get a little more agile, whatever it might be. But broadly speaking, D'Angelo Russell's not going to get faster now uh, no, than he I, was when he I mean, broke th- into the league. This is not a conditioning issue. It's not a no. way to, we're not talking about, you know, James Harden or for those who have been following the league a while, like a, it's not a Ray Felton situation. Like no. D'Lo is in shape. He's, He's not overweight. Not by NBA standards, <laughs> super fast and super quick. No. Um, and, but in the same way we talk about how organizations have to take particularly role players and put them, identify what they're really good at and, and figure out ways to accentuate those things and de-emphasize the stuff that they're not good is one of the, 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 I think, you know, the Lakers were incredibly successful with that with Contavious Caldwell Pope, for example. Um, they, they figured him out and put in and, and learned how to put him in positions where he became not just a regular good role player, but an excellent one. Um, and what Delo's doing is that on a personal level. And I personally, I think that's the right approach. Is I agree. You, you can't fix what you can't fix. And so how can I mitigate those things by being smarter, by being well-positioned? Now, he does need to improve, I think, probably the intensity of his defense and stuff like that. Maybe that's the answer fans were looking for. Like, I have to be hyper intense and hyper focused and I haven't always been that whatever but um I, I philosophically I understand what he's talking about and I appreciate that approach to sort of self-reflection yeah to some degree you know the difference between what he talked about with you know making sure that he's always in the right place and communicating and just looking to play the mental side and in certain respects, the technique side of, of defense, understanding team structures, right. Things like that. That type of focus and attention to detail is in some ways, the same thing as hyper intensity. It just may not have the same body language. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can be just as laser focused about it and, have a pretty calm demeanor. And I would say most people wouldn't care as long as you're effective. You know, Tim Duncan was an all-time great defender. And that guy was one of the most stoic superstars in NBA history. It didn't matter because he always did everything, you know, at an elite level. So nobody cared what his demeanor was. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think the argument is that he doesn't fulfill that, you know, no, that, that's well a different, that is a different that's argument. Right. And, he does need to be better. It like mm-hmm. it's not it's not enough to just come to Jesus and and then not improve. Like right. you have to do you have to do something with it. You have to be the best version of yourself. I and I think you agree. I don't think Delo is the best version he can be defensively on a regular basis. I, I think he can be better. You know, in the I same way that be better and I I think he has got certain strength. It's interesting, you know, we'll move on to wood here in a second. I was looking at the, you look at the roster and Darvin Ham, you know, there was a clip. I actually, I think I retweeted it. I don't remember uh, at Cam Brothers where he was talking about LeBron at center and playing three guard lineups. And I know that's going to freak people out. Details um, matter, people, context right. matters. And the details with the Lakers is when you start to look at the roster 
and the the potential for three guards and swingmen and and you know sort of two threes and uh, the the combinations of players, including guys like Reeves and Christie and D'Lo, um, that can play in these spots. The smallest guard they have on the roster, smallest player they have on the roster is Gabe Vincent at six three and a half or whatever he is. Like they are a long. He's team. the Gabe Vincent is the only small guard on this roster. Period. Yes, like, he's the smallest guy on the team. Right, but I mean, he's the only though small guard. It's not even just that he's the smallest guy on the team. He's the only small guard they have. Period. Right. Like, and so and, when and Darwin talks important. about you know the the you know, I'm not saying that all these lineups are going to be perfect and you know, this is what you want to run with regularly or whatever. But like you say, the details and the context of who these players are is really significant. Um, the Lakers don't necessarily have to give up a lot of length to deploy three guard lineups. And it's worth uh, mentioning. I'm sure it's something that will come up throughout training camp. Um, we talked about uh, self-reflection and self-evaluation. Christian Wood was the topic of uh, conversation following practice on Tuesday, the first practice of training camp, um, and got high marks from Darvin about his defensive intensity Um Christian Wood said his first practice was uh, great and talked about the competitiveness. And um, Darvin said he wants to be elite defensively, truly extremely engaged on the defensive part uh, at practice. He said it was one of the main voices that he heard. Uh, Lakers are clearly trying to both give him confidence on that end and I think demonstrate that this is how you're going to get both the playing time that you want, but also the contract that you want coming out of like, this is what needs to change. Um, and it's reflective, like, if there was one thing that happened on Monday that I didn't love, Wood was asked about, you know, the the situation he was in this summer where kind of nobody wanted to pay him. A lot of teams were willing to give him, a you know, the veteran's minimum, but nobody wanted to pay him anything more than that. Um, and whether or not he had something to prove. And he kind of went into a, a, a long response about how he's put up you know, I think he's saying, I put up 17 and 10 and my numbers have always been really good and I've never had co- problems with coaches. And you go back and ask everyone other than that, you know, that thing in Houston where he said he was sticking up for a teammate that probably most people have forgotten about completely. You know, I, I, I know I had. Um, and I all have no stuff, idea what he's talking about. I, I really didn't either. But other <laughs> I don't people do. what he's talking about. But, you know, all he kind of went through all these things. And we, what I didn't, what I didn't hear was, and this doesn't mean he doesn't understand it, but I didn't hear it in the answer, was an understanding and an acknowledgement of how he got into this situation that brought him to the Lakers and made him available to begin with. And I'm not trying to say that one answer at media day is reflective of the guy's personality or shows he's a problem. I don't know him. I haven't seen him. And I don't think it's fair to judge him completely by... What brought him here? But that said, I didn't love the answer because it, it is the defensive stuff. It is the lack of commitment to the details that make you a good player on a good team that made him available. It's pretty obvious. And I would have loved to hear him say, I haven't been good enough defensively. I haven't done this. I need, I need to prove to people that I can be a role player on a great team or whatever it might be. Um, but that is that's what the Lakers are trying to 
prime him to be able to do. And I think they're starting it off with, you know, you know, praise and um, kindness and pumping him up, which is, you know, that's very Darwin. And it's, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, Darwin has a really good track record of making this sort of approach work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the and idea holding people accountable at the same time. Yeah. The idea that Christian Wood has not clashed with coaches is ridiculous. I mean, it's been very well documented that he and Jason Kidd did not get along last season at all. There, there are already, I've seen some reports that Jason Kidd during Mavericks media day talked about how, in so many words, they have everyone here for the right reasons. Nobody's worrying about how many points they're scoring or how many shots they're getting, where the shots are coming from. And a lot of people have taken that as a dig at Christian Wood. Not Reggie Bullock. (laughs) Yes, that that, that infamous malcontent Reggie Reggie Bullock, Bullock, who, by the way, the half season we covered him, really nice guy. He's a nice dude. And he landed in Houston, I believe. Uh, They they could use him. He'll be helpful. Um, To be fair to Christian Wood, Jason Kidd himself has a track record of getting along really well with players and organizations. Nobody. Until he, well, until he doesn't. Right. It always starts great, always ends poorly. He's kind of the ideal coach for James Harden in that respect. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, Jason Kidd is not always easy to get along with, to be fair. Sure. That being said, and look, to play a devil's advocate, uh, I don't know, advocate for Christian Wood like the idea of what's you mentioned before, like what's expected of him as a role player, the previous stops that he was in, I at least once he started having like a full time role, whether you're talking about in Detroit, whether you're talking about mm-hmm. Houston, whether you're talking about Dallas, to be fair to Christian Wood, as much as an inflated sense of who he is as a player, stature in the league, that's been recurrent enough that you need to keep your eye on it it's fair from his perspective to feel like i wasn't supposed to be a role player in detroit i wasn't supposed to be just a role player in houston i wasn't even just supposed to be a role player in dallas i was one of the best players on that team if nothing else as a scorer like i was well, at- right but i and i think and i think what this is what i think is is so fascinating about this experience. i, 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 like, I want to make it clear i'm not looking to absolve him of anything i'm just saying no. to be fair from his perspective he could feel like look if you want me to be a role player i can be a role player i don't feel like i was asked to be a role player before. that may be and 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 i i wasn't you know in these places and 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 and, and to some degree it's like we'll see what happens here like context matters um I think they would disagree with that in Dallas, but also too, I think he has a very, the, I think the knock is he's got a very narrow definition of what good means. Um, <laughs> my role is to be a star. That's my, the right role player. And, like, I and am. what, you know, in, in, in too, too tightly equates, look at the numbers I'm putting up with I'm good. Yeah. And what, what is fascinating about this experiment to me is, there is a devil's advocate position for almost every none of these places that he's stopped have been really good, solid, stable environments. And you can't blame that on wood. I mean, Detroit, when he was there, was all kinds of doing weird things. And, um, you know, they, they, there seemed to be in a better direction now, but they weren't then. That said, they needed young players and they got rid of them. Houston was tire fire um, in that in that era, um, and let him go. Dallas had a little more structure, but like you say, Jason Kidd is notoriously salty, and 
you know, that thing devolved quickly last year. And so, and so the Lakers wanted him. They put out the effort. The context is different. And so we'll see how it goes. And it's really up to Wood. Um, and he doesn't have, it's like D'Lo. He doesn't have to be Giannis defensively. He needs to be adequate. If Wood is adequate defensively, in the same way that Russell is adequate defensively, game changers in terms of what the Lakers can do and the optionality that they have in their lineup. So uh, plenty more to cover in uh, training camp as, as practices roll along. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can see the show, hang out with upwards of 21,000 subscribers. Um, and looking forward to bringing you all the, the news and analysis throughout training camp and as the preseason begins on Saturday. Um, very excited there. We'll see everyone tomorrow.